0: Materials on the site are copyrighted by the owner or used under the Fair Use Act for informational purpose. You are forbidden to copy anything from the site without permission of the owner unless otherwise stated on the page. You are forbidden to copy or download any files from the site to your computer. Backwater hustle, the fishing podcast. Podcasting from Northeast Florida, this is the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Here are your hosts, Captain Don Taylor Jr. and Captain Ty McNeely.
1: What is up, Captain Don Taylor Jr.? Just you, brother. What's been happening with you? Man, man, man. T-Mac. What, T-Mac's in the house today? T-Mac is in the house? T-Mac McNeely. so J.T. McNeely. What you doing, Captain Donnie? Bubba, I have been fighting a little allergy issue. I have been trying to do some... I've done a lot of fishing. A couple charters this week. Some good, some, uh, well, some good, some, uh, very humbling experiences, Uh, but doing a lot of fishing, man, trying to keep the wheels turning, you know, promoting the the Backwater hustle podcast here, getting some moving and shaking going on with some, some sponsorship details that, you know, I'll be announcing, uh, hopefully pretty soon. And, uh. (laughs) Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast, Indeed the fishing podcast. pioneers of the Northeast Absolutely. Florida Absolutely. podcasting scene. Man, have you heard, I mean, seriously, have you heard about all the, uh, maybe seen some of the social media, but all the podcasts that really are coming out, really?
0: Yeah, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to other podcasts since, uh, you know, once you've had the best, brother, there's
1: no Not that I'm paying attention yeah, to I them. I only listen to ours. And once I record, I do, well, I go on trips, I listen to it, but I know you have to go back and listen to it and edit it and all that kind of stuff, but um, I'm just surprised at. Maybe I, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I'm paying more attention to it now when I hear it or if it's, I've always heard it and, and not paid attention to it or if they've just now popped up all of a sudden. Right. Uh, what do you think it is? I you, think it, it, You're kind of in the IT in the Well, I think it's a, little,
0: it's a little bit of both. <laughs> is it? You know, I think that uh, there are some new ones popping up on the market uh, okay. here. And, uh, hey, welcome to the party. You know, I don't know what took you guys so long. And um, to me it's like, you know, when you get a new – Get a new truck, get a new car, get a new pair of shoes. Then you start recognizing that same thing. You know, you get a new car, you don't realize it until you get on the road. And you re- everybody's oh, got that car. You see what I'm saying? You
1: get a new boat or
0: whatever. Get a new or boat. Like everybody's yeah. got that boat. Yeah. So I got you. Yeah, man. So hey, you know those guys that are out there. You know, if you're out there and uh, you get in the market, come on, get in it.
1: Um, you know, if uh, whatever. Right. Welcome to the party. Yeah, I don't like I said, man. I don't really pay attention to. Uh, I know I do hear some of the the criticism sometimes, and I hear the, uh, you know, some of the fake news, so to speak. Yeah, fake And I hear, uh, you know, stuff like that, that obviously is brought to my attention, whether I want it brought to my attention or not, but it is. Yeah. Uh, You know how it is, I hate to say it, but, I don't hate to say it, but when you're a public figure, uh, whether we like it or not, we are, and... People have obviously opinions, which is fine because I have my opinions like you do, and people have their thoughts, which you should, and you know what I mean. And so I have to hear those things. Whether just like yesterday, you know, a guy called me yesterday and about doing a trip, and he brought up the podcast and brought up uh, you know some of the articles written, that kind of stuff. And he was very nice and gracious, but at the same time, it was just just weird talking to a total stranger I've never met before my life, and. You know, um, it's all about you, you know. Yeah, kind well, kinda weird. that's uh,
0: sometimes that's what it has to be, right? Yeah, I Some, guess. Sometimes, I mean, there's you know when you're in a when we're in a capacity when mm-hmm. we're in a capacity of um, you know charter fishing, you know it is all about us to a point because we're trying to market ourselves. You know, we're you've got to put your best foot forward because if you don't, uh, the next guy that they call or talk to will. So, I mean, it is all about you at that point. You know, on the podcast here, it's about us to an extent. When it's just you and I here talking, we have guests on. We try to make the show all about the guest. And um, when it's just you and I, it's, it's about us and our experiences. And we try to bring the whole fishing industry into the pot all in one shot. So,
1: well, it's uh, weird. I find myself <clears throat> before I, you know, we all have caller ID now on our telephones. And I used to, if I didn't recognize the phone call, I would let it go to voicemail. But like you just said, you know, good point. Now in our industry, you almost feel like you have to answer the phone when someone calls. You got to because it. if you don't, it could be a trip. Which I'm not going to die if somebody goes elsewhere. like obviously, I want to do as many trips as I can and um, you know take as many people fishing as possible. But you know before, like I said, I would let it all go to voicemail and then check it if I had you know if I could, right. if I can answer, I'd answer it. But I'm saying like on the boat, if I don't answer it, or whatever. Yeah. But like you just said in our business of. We don't answer the phone sometimes, uh, unless they really know us or have been really recommended to us. Uh, folks that are coming in from out of town and whatnot, uh, you don't answer they're gonna, call, they're gonna make the next call, they're you know. Call so, and yeah. they're, pro- they're
0: probably gonna call that next guy. What I try to do is when I'm on a when I'm on a charter, I'm on the water. I switch to a voicemail that gives some. It doesn't just say, "Hey, I'm not here." I try to give some information. You know, you, you this is who you've called. If you're looking for a charter, here's the rates. Here's the upcoming availability. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And that way, it kind of leaves them with some information that they may ask for anyway, right? I don't know how much it works, but...
1: Well, I've noticed, as you know, in the social media age we live in, everybody wants to communicate via text or email. And I'm one of the... I guess maybe I'm kind of... Don't worry. I mean, I love love social media and I love uh, technology, but I do, however, like to speak with whoever I'm fishing with. And I just think that's... To me, that's paramount because you get to find out... So much about them, find out their ability, find out, you know, obviously how many, you know, you can just tell by talking to someone, mm. you, know, you can gauge, <clears throat> gauge the conversation accordingly. Sure. Communication and, is key. And, you know, just like yesterday, I had a charter and they were great, had a great time, but, uh, there were some issues that we had had about, you know, we had, uh, um, weren't, weren't bad issues, but they were still, uh, you know, brought up about, you know, being a, being a beginning fisher and a novice fisherman as opposed to a fisherman that fishes once a year. Right. You know, that, that's, that's a pretty wide gap between all those you know oh, yeah. and so yeah, for sure. it just helps me prepare accordingly if I'm trying to say it lets me know what I'm going to use where I'm going to go to techniques the, you know, all that stuff yeah it helps yeah, it, it helps part of planning yeah you know, everything down from even the, you know, the payment process and right. um, you know so that's why I like talking to people right. uh, and that kind of stuff but some of the people want to well they want to strictly communicate through email or text you know
0: right yeah I've had a couple of those so what do we got on the uh, agenda for today? What are we going to talk about? I have no idea. No, I'm kidding. I yeah, mean, well.
1: Well, I mean, I, I know we had talked in our last podcast, and I didn't, obviously I, we both pay attention to the fishing community and um, obviously the state and uh, local laws and the, the government that we, not really government, but, you know, the laws that we have to abide by. And so I want going to touch on some. There's been some changes that are, have that are been made here recently that are going to go into effect uh, here in a few months. Uh, that to me are, I guess, you know, affect some of us. Amberjack rules, amberjack rules. and Catfish uh, rules. Sheephead. (laughs) I sell catfish. Yeah. Uh, No, just, you know, just like, you know, something you were saying earlier about um, Ty and I were talking off air about, you know, some of the changes that are being made with some slot limits, some bag limits on a few of, uh, you know, the game species that folks fish for here in our area. And then we want to talk about maybe, you know, the catch and release, uh, it's not really it hasn't gone into effect, but I think it's uh, something that is pretty highly debated here in our area and statewide constantly on slot limits, slot limits. doesn't sound twister. Slot limits. Slot. Slots limits. Yeah, bag limits, uh, vessel limits. Um, you know what else was it? Uh, you know, commercial, uh, commercial versus recreation, those kind of things. Uh, you know, cobia is changing, sheephead's changing. Uh, there's a Manhattan, Manhattan vote, which, you know, I don't go out and target Manhattan, but we do use it for bait. It's bait fish. bait fish, so we use it for bait, so we've got cast at them. Uh, the red snapper uh, season goes into effect on uh, June the 11th, and it's going to be 40 days of that. <laughs> so just stuff like that we want to cover a little bit, and then yeah, I think there's a couple of tournaments coming up that we want to talk about too. And, um, cool. Also about catch and release a little bit today yeah. too.
0: Yeah, I'd like to talk about that. Well, But, you know, to the Manhattan, 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 pogey, whatever, whatever you know, the, I think that the sometimes we maybe, and, I, and I'm guilty of it, so I, don't, I shouldn't say we. No kidding. But if it's, we don't focus the beam in the right spot sometimes. So when you're looking at bait fish and the fishery, people say, oh, the fishery of this and the fishery of that, and it's, we're going to talk about this in the catch and release part coming up. But if the bait fish aren't there, then the game fish that we're looking for is not going to be there either. If they don't have a reason to eat, they're going somewhere else. That's and, right. So you know, I'm not sure why the Menhaden Menhaden are back in the news, and and what the absolute uh, what's the root of the the decision that's being made on them. But you know, we got to keep the bait alive and well, and um, we'll keep the fishery alive and well.
1: Well, you, you know, yeah, you, know, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not. I've always been careful of maybe not. Let me rephrase that. You know, I don't like it. I don't like to be really political, so to speak, as far as those things go. I mean, you know, we talk about things in private, um, which, you know, everybody's got their opinion and everybody's entitled to it, like I said earlier. But what people don't need to realize is, you know, people want to start disagreeing with you. I mean, I'm I'm guilty of myself, too. You'll see something that comes across the wire and you're like, well, man, that's just crazy. I can't believe they voted that down or why didn't they protect this or why didn't they protect that or "Why why didn't they... But the point is you have to read... Into the background Of all these things And I'm going to leave it kind of wide open here I don't want to get too, too particular But like you're talking about is We're talking about the pogies or the menhaden You know They say that there is First of all, I didn't know this I didn't know that there's a stinking foundation Or association for every single fish yeah. you know, It seems like in the water now yeah. well, Some well, groups got a <clears throat> Particular Foundation or ecological society or, you know, yeah. you know, group together? Well, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find another
0: profession that is under the microscope as much as fishermen. Uh, NFL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or president. I guess. Um, Oops. Yeah. But when you, when you think of the uh, the fishing industry and how many people try to attack the fishing industry, and, and fish is in everybody's
1: life. You don't think hunters get protected? I do, but you know, I don't know, you how, the, you know. How about the outdoor industry as a whole? Yeah, outdoor
0: that? industry. I don't know how many charter huntermen. You know, huntermen. There's a ton of guides. Yeah, I, I know there are, but there's. I'm sure there's a lot more Outfitters. fishing guides yeah. than there are. You
1: know, Probably. over the land, but a lot more guns sold. though. well, yeah. I the, wonder how many guns are sold as, as opposed to fishing rods. I don't know. Oh, that's I, an interesting question, man.
0: I could buy I could buy a bunch of uh, fishing rods for the cost of a good gun. No kidding.
1: Not to wait on three day wait either. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think you're either one. Have to wait. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But it's uh, you know, the the Manhattan thing and the bait, you know, and, and there's a, evidently, uh, what I didn't know, but what's being reported is that the Manhattan are the primary
1: forage species. Correct. For a lot of other stuff. So there's a lot of other. you Spanish mackerel your uh, king mackerel your uh, blue what's it tunas i think i think it is bluefin your blackfin, um wahoo there's a whole there's a cobia even there, i mean there's a big group of them i want to say From, uh, tarpon
0: just just by doing some quick notes on this it says that uh Manhattan are the primary forage species whose role in the ecosystem is to convert sunlight into protein that seems pretty important. So they convert sunlight into protein. That's what it says. Their, what means their primary ecological attribute is their abundance, which provides a ready source of forage for a host of marine
1: predators. Okay, I get that part, but what does the sunlight to protein mean? I have no idea. It says that the fact. that I'm just curious as to, and I'm sure there probably some easy answer. Where you go, Oh, the duh. But I mean, I just never heard that.
0: I don't know. It's pretty awesome. I guess we'll just have to Google it, maybe, and, and see what it says about it. Because I don't, I don't have enough information here to answer your question.
1: Well, where'd that come from? What we were
0: looking at earlier. It's okay. on that top okay. sheet. Okay.
1: Well, you know, I just, I'm just. That's interesting because I've never, never heard that before. Uh, that does sound interesting, definitely.
0: Yeah, never heard of it. So, and
1: again, it's, a, it's the bait. If, if we keep the bait alive and,
0: and healthy. And then the fishery is going to be live and healthy. And we discussed this on a podcast before. Rarely, uh, when we have a fish kill here in Florida from a red tide or an algae bloom or whatever we have, rarely do you see birds and alligators and raccoons and stuff eating in those fish kills. And there's a reason for that. If if the fishery is not healthy, then nothing's going to be healthy. So,
1: well, yeah. sure, sure, I agree with right. that 100%. Um, obviously, like you said, you got to have bait in order to have, uh, you know, you have to have bait fish in order to have game fish. Well, uh, yeah. They else gotta, they're going to go somewhere else. Uh, I know that magazine you said earlier, what was that for slash thing you told me? Is it the news? Yes. Okay. Fishing Tack News. Okay. But uh, I find that very interesting. I didn't know that. But anyways, so you know, that, that was something that, that, came, that came across the wire, and they actually voted down to, uh, you know, protect the menhaden from what i read right and um and that apparently set a bunch of people off and they weren't uh, very happy with that outcome and it was a pretty overwhelming you know outcome too it was like 16 to 2 the uh, when the folks voted it down and they let they let the status quo apparently and that was where they didn't do anything to protect them um uh, you know in any kind of shape or form <clears throat> and it made a lot of folks mad, right. but if you read about it, what it, you know, what it says is that, um, you know, when they, even though they, they didn't protect them, you know, apparently, they, they like as usual, they brought up a lot of other game fish yeah. on the back side of the deal, and so, you know, as you, as usual, there's three sides of every argument, sure, and apparently, they were saying that the back side of that was that it was trying to lead to them. Uh, you know, enacting other limits and there's protecting pay, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain type exactly, thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Exactly, you. Exactly, type deal. And so that's why people voted down. But they don't ever come out and say it in these articles. That's why you have to dig and dig and dig. Right. And then, of course, you find out, you know, what the uh, reason why they turned it down for was. Right. So I, I get that, and I don't want to say too much more about that until I have we have all the facts. But right. that's that's in essence what well,
0: about about six years ago we were out the coast of Jacksonville here and uh, just offshore fishing the beach, and um, but we were off maybe uh, maybe a mile I come across the pod of of uh, Menhaden, and I took an eight foot bait net cast net and cast it at one time I could not pull the bait into the boat that's how many fish were in that eight foot net it was so packed full that me and another guy had to pick that thing up throw boat flop it into the boat and when we were in a 33 foot center console boat and the, i believe the whole entire floor of that boat was covered six inches deep in And there were so many of them and we just dip netted them up and threw most of them back in because there was no way we were going to kill all this fish yes yeah, see,
1: i actually went uh on a, <clears throat> a trip one time with some buddies of mine. And we did the same thing. went to the beach here, you know, went out the end, of it, went down the beach, and we got onto a school of puggies and uh, made a, you know, cast the cast net. I think he was throwing either a 10 or 12 foot net. And, but like you said, it was amazing to me. I had never seen personally so many bait fish in a net. It took three of us to try to get it over the side. Yeah. And finally, we did, like you said, we just we let half of them out of it, you know, and did net a bunch of them uh, just to you know, use for that particular trip we were on, you know, what we were catching, we were fishing for uh, tarpon with them. So,
0: but, you know. Here's something, you know, the, uh, speaking of, you know, Florida fishing, the uh, there's a group along with um, conservationists and uh, guides, fishing guides down in the uh, Florida Keys that are pushing uh, to close permit season uh, even longer. They're saying that the time that they have allotted now may not be long enough. And it's the research has been provided by the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust in conjunction with local guides in the Florida Keys. And it's provided state biologists with information that says the May through July closed season for harvesting spawning permit may not be long enough. So how often do you see that? You know, these guys make a living doing this thing. and So they're trying to do what now? They're, they're going to close the permit season? They're going to lengthen their closed season for permit. Which is just, you know, you don't see it that often. More more times than not, you see guys say, no, we need to have it open more.
1: Well, I will, I will say this. You know, in the last couple of years, maybe five years, let's say, I don't want to put a exact time frame on it, but it does seem like to me a lot of the, maybe millennial, if you will, and newer anglers, uh, a lot of those folks are seem like to me I'm not saying that old, old folks. Uh, that some of the other guys aren't, but I'm just qualifying. What I'm saying is that it seems like to me that there's a lot more people that are more conservation-minded. And you know, a lot of the stuff I read is a lot more conservation-minded. You know, the now anglers you're coming from the younger generation. Yes, seems that way. You're right. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not, not by means. I'm not putting down any older generation. Right. I'm just saying that. Now that um, could
0: be a that could be an advent of technology, though, right? Because you figure. You know, I think in our age group that we're in, we're kind of on that cusp of, Yeah. right, we still, Generation get, X. we still get the technology, but if we'd have been five more years older, we'd have been out of the loop, so to speak. Yeah. Right? So guys our age are in the, I mean, we know guys that are our age that don't do social media. They're not into it. Won't do it. But you get into my son's age group, your daughter's age group, that's all they do. That's all they know. Nonstop. So the word can go out a lot quicker.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you just, think, but you still have to practice it, though, and sure. I, but it just seems like to me, though, but even the topic is brought up a lot more. And maybe, it, like you said, maybe it's social media. Maybe, maybe people hear the word conservation more now than they ever have. Right. Obviously, well, I think that's a fact.
0: Yeah. Well, how many people do you know, Donnie, that actually practice conservation? And we talked about this before. Is, is it just a buzzword? Is it just a catchphrase that a lot of guys use? And I'm not saying just captains, but we're under the microscope more than anybody. So do, do people, act, I mean, you know, you see a guy that says, oh, I practice conservation, right? And um, a, a bag or a five-gallon bucket blows out of his boat, and he doesn't turn around to go get it, yeah. right? So is is that, is that two different ends of the same spectrum, or is it...
1: Well, yeah. I don't think you can have it both ways. I don't think you can go out and say, I'm a conservation-minded individual, and I'm only going to... Some captains now it's all catch and release. Some of them have you know dialed back their allowable bag limits. Uh, Some of them don't care about them at all. Other ones, uh, but then again, there's some of them like you said that are uh, they don't go burning through grass flats. Right. They don't go burning through uh, mud mud flats, grass flats, mud flats stuff up. Yeah. Like you said, they trash pulls out their boat. They go pick it up. So I think all that's you know contra. I mean conservation oriented, and so you know I can only speak for myself, and I try to do everything I can, uh, not only to practice conservation, to educate the people that I have on board. If it comes up when it comes up, talk about it. Um, you know, talk about it through here with the with the power of you know our, our podcast, you know, and then also the ability on the radio show and other various things and i know people say hey well you make your love fishing well most people want to go out when they catch fish on a charter you know they're they're there for the experience they're there uh to, to spend time with their family they're there to catch fish obviously right. you know a lot of people don't necessarily there are the, there are the, the hardcore few that want to take fish home because it's like it's like a rite of passage for them. Right. you know you go out you spend your day hunting your game down you get your game you want to clean your game and then you know, sit around in at dinner table. I get yeah. it, man. Drink a beer, eat your catch. Absolutely, you I get it completely. Yeah. But then there is those that they're out there for the sport of it. Yeah, and Some, that's why it's called sport fishing. Right? It's Some, not called you know food for fishing. It's not called <laughs> you know well, uh, Let's be honest. Diet man. for fishing is you know it's it's, it's a sport.
0: There is no one, and I am going to make a statement that may or may not be true. And uh, don't make it. There is no one in this country that is fishing for food. They are not fishing because they need to eat. That fish, no one, because even even our homeless population, uh, as large as it may be in this country, they're still eating They're They're not out. If they want to eat, they can eat They're They're not out catching fish to survive is what I'm trying to say.
1: Well, I mean, you can go to the store now and with the, uh, you know, but the, the availability to get into a store. And if you're homeless, you're probably going to have some sort of stance or something, uh, you know, some kind of assistance, so to speak. Right. So you're right. No one's going to go hungry. Uh, you know, I know there are maybe certain fish that aren't available at certain places that you want to go out and catch. I get that, um, yeah, like your fresh caught, locally
0: sourced Chinese
1: yeah, red sushi, fish sushi. Yeah. You know, the yeah. y'all had last night. You know, sushi that's made from you know somewhere else. You know, right. But but my point is, you know, you don't you're not going to starve if you don't eat the red fish that you catch. You're sure. not going to starve if you don't eat the trout that you catch. Sure. Uh, and so my point is, is that. Uh, it's more of a rite of, right of passage thing. You know, I get it. You want to have a fish fry. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but with that being said, you know, do we need to um, be oh. more conservation-minded? I, I think yes, we do. Uh, the people need to be so upset over whether it's two redfish or one redfish
0: you know, uh, is one red okay? If, if right now, for our area, is two redfish correct? Right per person. Is cutting it to one going to make that much of a difference? No. I mean, in theory, I guess in math.
1: Well, you got two. Cut, you got two redfish per person. It's eight max per vessel. Six for transportation. Uh, do I think it's going to make that much difference? You know as well as I do. If you catch a good twenty-five, twenty-six inch redfish, you know, six, seven pound fish. That's, that could be four people, man. Yeah, but in in the in other reality,
0: the flip side of that is uh, that that upper slot fish for us, that twenty seven incher, he's right on the edge of that breeding season for him. He's, mean, he's, that's correct, but he's still legal. That's my point. I know, that.
1: I know I, that. I'm with you. Don't don't get me started on that. Yeah, but I'm with you. You know, right. So would you rather catch two inch redfish, and and you know keep them from being potential spawners? Right. Are, way, because you're... they're gonna be the ones that are reaching the age of, that that's why the that's why the slot limit is what it is. You know right. that right. You know that right. Yes. The slot limits are such so those that's when those fish are reaching the age to start to spawning. Right. You know, all, the twenty eight inch fish aren't just our spawners. Right. They're brood they're our stock. Right. But those fish when they get that certain age. That's when they start to... Yeah, their sexual maturity. Correct. Yeah, whatever the term is. And so the is point is this. that, you know we, know, we can go round and round about this all day. <laughs> People are going to have their opinions and...
0: Well, so for conservation, then here's a here's a great question, and we talked about this a little bit last week, and you and I have discussed it, and uh, I'm not going to say passionate about it because I don't like to use that term. So we, we looked at a study, you and I, that, that talked about... Um, you know some some recent studies that were done here in the southeast, Florida and Georgia and Texas, and uh, maybe some other places. But this is the data we have mm-hmm. that suggests that in Florida and Georgia, about eighty four percent of all redfish that are caught and released uh, live. So that means that sixteen percent of those fish
1: die, perish, yeah. they die, they expire. So yeah, yeah you are right, eighty four percent. So think about that. So eighty four percent of all the redfish that people caught that they catch and they release them, they survive. Right. That's here in Florida and Georgia. Right. So if you go well, out... That's once released now. Okay. Once released. So now, if you're targeting fish that are outside of the slot, mm-hmm. you're, you're targeting those bull redfish. Or even if you don't... Even if you're like me and don't keep any. You don't right. want to keep any.
0: If you don't keep any, your intentions are as a charter... And we know plenty of charter boat captains here in Jacksonville and here in this area that do not keep fish. And, and we're not... I, I Whatever. We're not right. targeting anybody with this conversation, but if you get offended, to hell with you. That's, that's just yeah. the bottom line because we, this conversation is what has to happen. Because if we don't have them as a fish. Well, fishing, those,
1: people, those people can have their own opinions. You know, that's what's funny. It's right. kind of like the left and the right. If you're on their side, you're great. If you're not on their side, then you're a loony, loony you're a nut, you're an activist, you're all this kind of stuff. Right. And we're no different than anyone else. And, you know, we're entitled to. Like, like I said, no, I, I fish four or five, maybe six days a week, every week. In the last three years, I've seen things change. Right. Now, I'm not, I may have not been doing it for 30 years, like some of the people. Right. But that doesn't mean I don't pay attention. It doesn't mean I'm it doesn't, not socially it doesn't take active. And,
0: Twenty years to create a trend in fishing. No, exactly. Or to spot a trend.
1: And like I think you did some math. Uh, was it yesterday or today? And you said, you know, if a guy goes out and fishes every weekend,
0: two days, Saturday and Sunday, Sunday
1: and catches two fish a day, keeps two fish, two red fish each day, that it works out to be. You know, and you said every weekend, right? Every weekend, fifty-two weeks. So he's keeping eight fish a month.
0: He's keeping fifty-two. He's keeping a, a two hundred, eight. and eight fish
1: a year. Right. I mean, that's a lot of fish. That's a lot of fish. I don't think one person can eat that many fish, do you? Uh, I wouldn't think so. I mean, I, mean I wouldn't think so. seems like a lot of fish to me, but, I mean, you know, but.
0: So he catches that many. Let's just say if he released them all. He mm-hmm. caught them all and released them all, okay? So that 16% of that is whatever the math worked out to,
1: 30. So 84% of
0: those fish out
1: of 200 is, uh, that's pretty high. That's. Yeah,
0: whatever it is. I, I think it works out to 30 33 or 34 fish will die, die. out of that 208. So, right. you know, 180 or whatever, 100, 180 something, 187, 177, some, right. yeah, whatever. We're not, ladies and gentlemen, we're fishermen, not mathematicians. Yeah, I'm, I'm not an MIT math guy. Sorry. That's right. So, 33 of them will die just by being caught, just for sport, mm-hmm. plain and simple. Sure. So, That's just one angler. And that's saying
1: the fish could be 12 inches, the fish could be 35 inches, the fish could be 24 inches. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's the point, yeah. Yeah, the study was not size-specific. Right.
0: So that's just one angler. So now you put two anglers in a boat, right? That number doubles. Put three anglers in a boat, that number doubles. Now it's saying that you got three guys in a boat and they all three catch six redfish in a day, you know,
1: every day of the weekend. That's. I mean, we're not going to – there's somewhere around – First of all, that's hard to do. It's hard to do. It really is. Something I mean, we we fish every day, or I fish every day, and I'm just telling you, it's uh, even as you know, as much as we're on the water, it's it's still a pretty tall test.
0: Well, to, uh, some of these numbers obviously are speculation, right? Now, I'm not gonna call them arbitrary, but
1: you know, we're spec- I mean, it's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a, this is not speculation. It's no, a test, right?
0: No, the study, the, the accurate, study yeah. was done. The numbers that we said, if a guy goes out 52 <laughs> times a year, right. I mean, he'll he'll actually go out. 100 and um, 104 times a year, and he catches two fish each time and keeps them. That's all what we're that's the arbitrary part of it. Right. The study itself was true and factual, right? Okay, okay. You gotcha. So that's one angler. So there's w- about 1.8 million saltwater licenses sold non commercial this year in Florida in the state of Florida every yeah. year. Yeah, okay. So now multiply those numbers that we just talked about for the weekender times 1.7 million, 1.8 million. It's a lot of fish. It's a lot of fish. So I'm not sure how many eggs. Yeah, I know there millions
1: or something like that. Female
0: will hatch, and then there's a study that says how many of those that are hatched will actually make it to okay. maturity.
1: yeah. So and, and folks, we're not. Result, I don't. I don't choose to give those numbers out because they're all subjective. Right. Every, it's like everywhere I read, there's a different number. Right. Um, I can. I can. You know, you with numbers here, but I'm not going to do that. Because
0: well, I, I think we should go ahead and mark it down. Maybe try to get somebody from a hatchery
1: on. Um, you know, I, I talked to f- a lady from this FWC, and she's going to come on here. So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of lining her up, and us. Our schedule is working out. We can have her on here. Though she, she was more than willing to come on here. She's the one of their biologists. Perfect. And she works in that department. She's going to be more happy to. Uh, Come on and do that, mm-hmm. but the point we're making is, you know, let's, let's get back to like, the, you know, what we're saying is, with the fish you catch, people, the fish that people keep, and then the fish that expire after you release them, even.
0: And that's, hold on, Donnie, I'm gonna cut you off one real quick. That's fish that are being released properly mm-hmm. are still dying at the rate of sixteen percent. So it's not a fact of, oh, I caught them and
1: released them. I'd, be, that's willing being to be, released that, I'd be willing to bet that that number is not even higher. Oh, it probably opinion. is higher. Yeah, I think so too, but. For numbers yeah. sake and how they did their studies, yeah, good good round, even number. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I guarantee a number's higher there. Yeah, I had
0: a guy tell me that works for the state resource, um, state national, uh, state. DNR. DNR, right. Thank you. Said that if you take a fish and you drop that fish in the water from just a standing height, waist height, into the water tail first, oh, it's about a 90% chance that fish will die. No matter what, he said that fish will it cannot handle the the water being reversed in the system that way. I don't understand I'll tell you
1: all something that, But let me tell you, I tell you something interesting that you say that, and this is by no means wasn't doing it intentionally. When I was seen Hatchie, we caught a, a short redfish. Now we're only about a foot of water, so they do the same thing all the time. Take him out, take to take him out. You know, corner mouth, hook him, take him off. Uh, look at him, measure him. He's 17 inches. Well, him down the water like I always do, like by his belly. Well, I let him go. He took off. He needed a nosedive and he ran right into the moss. And the fish literally stayed there, nose down in the moss for five minutes. Right. And I said to my, my guy I was fishing with, I said, man, I want to check on that fish, you know. So I literally reached down in the water, you know, with my arm. That's how shallow it was. And when I touched him, though, he scooted off. Gone. Yeah. And so it was just weird seeing this fish with about seven inches or eight inches of his body. Right. Like he thought he was hiding. <laughs> he thought, yeah, he thought he was hit out. Yeah. yeah. And he was literally in there in plain sight right. until I reached down and got near him and touched him and he, and he took off. Right. So I, I, I'd never seen that before like that. Yeah, so... It was just very interesting to see him in that well, manner and it was just wild looking.
0: Well, that is interesting and it makes me, it made me think of a, a topic that, you know, we've had a lot of rain lately. It's clouded, yes. clouded up the water, muddied up the got water. A ton of rain. And... So do fish bite when the water's muddy? Do they, you know do they bite less? Do they bite more? What makes them bite? What makes them not? So when what you just said, and if you think about muddy water, you know maybe they're a little bit more protected. You know they're hiding out because they for one, maybe they can't see through the mud as well. Or maybe they just think they're safe for some reason. They think they're protected.
1: because well, you know, you know, I think our, our idea of muddy water and a fish's idea of muddy water is probably two different things. I think.
0: No, I agree. I agree. But what I mean is, obviously, if you're seeing fish in the water and the water is muddy, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: cloudy, Cloudy. uh, less -hmm. visibility for us, but the fish is there, we can rule out salinity levels being an issue. Uh, We can rule out water temperature being an issue because the fish are there. We can rule out dissolved oxygen levels because they're there,
1: Mm right?
0: Right. Um, so the only other thing is they can't see that well, so they can't see through the mud and the muck. And, uh, so maybe they're just kind of hanging out. That's why maybe they're a little timid because they can't see predators coming toward them. So maybe that's why
1: they're more, a little more reluctant to bite. Well, that being said, you know, I fished last weekend with several guys from Wisconsin and wound up having a pretty good trip, you know, caught several redfish, several trout, uh, some really good redfish. Uh, kind of a slow start to the morning with some smaller fish, but really caught some good fish. Well, as you know, it's rained here for 13, 14 days straight. And with that being said, went out yesterday uh, and had a very, very tough day, say the least. Right. And I know from speaking with another captain and seeing another captain, who's a a-hole, uh, that... It's a long list. Yeah. They obviously had a very rough day of fishing too. Right. And so I know we talk about this all the time. And so I thought, you know, I, you know and I wonder about days like that. Yeah. And it just blows my mind that, you know, it's rained so much, you think, oh man, the, the clouds have finally parted, nice bluebird sky. Uh, the fishing should be on fire today. And it's totally the opposite. And you look at Facebook or look at the other social media sites, there's not a whole lot of fish pictures in there. Now, I know right. people have been in, in because of the rain and the weather. Right. But even, it's just, they just haven't been abundant like you know like you would have thought they would have been yesterday right. now, i did see some pictures today look like they maybe getting a little better but that goes back to a lot of, you know that we're talking about with the weather and everything else you know and the water being cloudy and muddy and i just wonder if you know without being a scientist and knowing all the answers um uh, you know what's the reason? Well, you know, and I, I'm, the, I'm I'm that kind of guy. I wonder why. You know, right? I don't yeah. just I don't just take it for always an off day. Right, that's not acceptable acceptable to me.
0: No, it, you and I are the same way on that. Um, you know, and it's it's a really interesting conversation to have. And I think uh, from a from a captain's point of view and a Florida resident, you know, being a Florida native, these conversations are not had enough by guys in the fishing community.
1: Well, they, they won't because they won't share information. We all got our egos out. We, you
0: know, I would say we, I'm, I'm putting me into that loop. You know, we don't want to talk to each other. Don't want to share our spot. Don't want to share information, but we have to come together because if, if we don't have the conversations together, there's someone sitting in an office somewhere that's going to have the conversation for us. Oh and yeah. They're, and they're going to make the rules. And so, it's probably going to a conversation that you don't like. Yeah. This, this is the backwater hustle fishing podcast. All right. So, um, we are. This is a great conversation that we're having tonight, man. It is pretty good, isn't it me. Con- conservation conversation, whatever. You know, even for like a bunch of po dunks like us, you know, yeah. you know, don't know, po- do, don't know do anything. Well, you know, we'd we'd be a lot better if we had a bunch of connections.
1: Yeah, you know, I, we don't have those connections, though, I don't man. Have those you know, and I, you know, I'm okay with that, man. I don't have a bunch of connections, and I don't, you know, uh, I haven't been doing it for thirty plus years and all that stuff. But, you know, man, I try hard, dude, and I'm a fairly smart guy, and I know you are too, and. Uh, come from a different perspective, man. Yeah. You know, younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, y- kind of a young perspective on things and not yeah. so set in our ways. And we embrace the uh, you know, things that are put in front of us and not afraid to try new and different things. And uh, no, that's about. like this podcast, for instance, man. You know, you know, kind of like a little pioneer action here that's us, uh, you know, doing this, man. I mean, I was, I was kind of nervous when we first started. Uh, I've taken some heat on this show. You know that. Yeah. I mean, as good as anybody, but. I think we've uh, persevered through that, and yeah, I'm not gonna not, you know. Uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. Re- I guess we need some connections. Though, I think
0: we think. Yeah, we probably need something. We're gonna revisit that uh, that one episode that we took so much heat over probably in the next few months, just to see if anything's changed. Maybe our mindset's changed. Maybe uh, my dental mindset's changed. Yeah, we're not gonna revisit it today, though. <laughs> That's right. So you had brought up something to me a little bit ago about uh, the redfish population in the Gulf being affected by the oil spill.
1: Well, you know, we're talking about conservation here. And uh, one of them, for instance, like is a place over in Louisiana, and we all know about, about Louisiana, about it being just a redfish paradise, man, how you can go over there and just, uh, you know, sight, sight fish. And some of the fish you catch are just slobs and the giant, giant schools of fish. But apparently they've had some issues over there, you know, since they're on the Gulf, as we all know. And they're saying that uh, they're finding that redfish that come in contact with when they're in the larval stage, uh, that they are actually, when they're coming in contact with oil, it's causing deformities on them. I mean, they're saying like micro droplets of oil, I mean, just any little tiny piece of oil, uh, when it gets in touch with their uh, J-shaped larva, it said it can uh, you know, it can get in their skull, it can affect their jaw bones, twist their backbones upwards, and uh, just all kind of stuff uh, with this exposure to oil just messing them uh, up,
0: huh? Yeah. It, said wow.
1: it even affects their cardiac functions uh, up to like 70%, which basically kills them, you know, kills them early. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. And so it makes for the fish to be able to grow up and, and, and to full mature adults, which means the spawners. And so their fish over there least get 40 pounds on a regular basis. Yeah. That They're just not seeing those anymore because they think that they're the ones that they're finding that have, uh, you know, died and whatnot, that they're finding they, that they've been exposed to oil. Wow. Yeah, so that's why that was kind of, uh, it's kind of sad, you know.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we were told that all that was solved and uh, they fixed it, and what they really did was they put a flocculant
1: in it that just made it sink below the surface. Yeah, but listen to this, though, Todd. Let me just tell you something. Just give me some. I'll give you some facts, okay? Because I'm about facts. All right. Last year, there was over one million redfish caught in Louisiana alone. Louisiana waters last year alone caught a million. Okay. Uh, only spotted sea trout over there. Well, yeah. we're more prevalent. So, more so prevalent that, that means
0: 160
1: thousand of those died. Whatever it is, Even yes. They were not harvested. But still, think about that. It says uh, that the the BP oil spill over there in 2010, you know, big time affected the fishery. Now we've all moved on from that. But it says last year alone, okay, there's over 1,083 oil spills of various sizes report from offshore drilling platforms ships and other vessels in their waters over there okay and that's from the national response center data so so just think about that man it, uh, just 1083 oil spills no matter how big or small right. and then the effects the birth effects that it has on the fish uh, you know from their exposure to oil you know they're slow growing uh they it's affecting the offshore fishs tuna also the amberjack the, the mahi mahi and so, once again, like I said not long ago, man is a you know is you know we complain about fishing and pressure and all that kind of stuff. Man is a big contributing factor to why our industry itself is um, is being affected, you know, big time.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to see. I'm trying to figure out what some uh, what is considered an oil spill. Is it millions of gallons or barrels, or is it five gallons, or is
1: it it doesn't. It doesn't. Didn't give me. It doesn't say the exact type of oil spill, but it does mention how the BD, the BP Deepwater Horizon platform, uh, you know, affected things. But it says last year there was a eight three spills of various sizes reported from offshore drilling platforms, ships, and other vessels. In Louisiana waters, according to National Response Data. Now it doesn't say, you know, somebody, somebody's it. boat. Doesn't right. say yes, how big sir. a spill has to yep. be. Sorry, yeah. it doesn't. Well, apparently it's big enough for people to be responsible to be. Uh, given their data to the uh, national response, uh, folks, you know. Yeah, it's got to be pretty big. So it's got me out yet yeah, that national response center. So I think that must be pretty. I would assume some quality of you know, quantity of size. Yeah, here's a here's a
0: definition from some environmental group that says when most people think of oil spills, they think of major catastrophes such as the Exxon Valdez oil spill or the BP oil spill on the Gulf Coast, which is what you're talking about. However, spills are not limited to explosions on oil rigs and leaks on major pipelines. If oil leaks uh, from motor vehicles, uh, home oil tanks, or other sources, it is also considered a spill. Mm-hmm. Five gallons or more is considered to be an environmental
1: catastrophe. There you go. Five gallons. And man. so that's like your boat. Like my boat holds four gallons, three gallons in reservoir, and about 0.8 on the side of the, uh, the head, you know, motor. And so you figure out, I've got about yeah, that's four gallons out right there. Yeah. of Well, so my boat was sinking. That's almost right. almost a environmental catastrophe. Almost catastrophe. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. But, but I mean, but, well, you know, hey, I it mean, just shows true. you
0: how caustic the material is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: it is. It's bad. Yeah. And so, and it's just stuff like that that we don't think about. You know, like here in our area, right. sewage in the water, pollution from the plants here <laughs> in the water. Um, well, what was it a few years ago? They found. No, Lord,
0: hundreds not. and hundreds of fifty-five gallon barrels full of creosote,
1: right? Creosote, however you say it, in the mm-hmm. Saint John's River. Well, you know that have been dumped there well, by after our the- last hurricane. Yeah, I mean there was—I forget the number, but it was millions of cubic cubic—what is it, cubic sweep, cubic square foot, whatever it is. Okay, gallons of um, sewage uh, per cubic square foot or something like that in our river. Right. I mean, and, and we have one guy here in our area. One guy alone that is our EPA guy. Right For the city Yeah he's probably About ready to pull his hair out And he rides around From And he would tell me The miles he covered From you know Way down south All the way to the inlets right. And he just said It was just Unbelievable Millions and millions Of gallons of sewage From the hurricanes That were backed up uh, Our sanitation sewage Got backed up And they overflowed and To the river Overflowed Yeah it's crazy Yeah it's But a, you know And we wonder why The fishing Is declining And we're quick To point the fingers At each other About oh New captains uh, people not practicing conservation, uh, too many anglers, social right. media. Uh, but you know, I, they, they don't point out how the dredging of the river, that, I mean, and what, what's that for? That's for economic purposes.
0: 100% economic
1: purposes. Sure it is. it's not to help the fish. Well,
0: the, the original dredge of the St. John's River was for economical purposes. And they're you still know. doing it. Yeah, they're still doing it. So. You know, it's, it's like I, little
1: jetties, man. I mean, that, that place you go by there now, and it's just a. Uh, you used to see a lot of folks out there with their family, uh, fishing, and you just don't see it as much anymore. And it, it's just a wash machine there out right there now. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it is. I was out there yesterday, and it's just. Uh, it's kind of sad to see in a way, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's they still crazy. got Chickapit all boarded up or all concreted up, right. which i bet you $100. It'll uh, never be. It'll yeah. always be it'll that be way. It'll be a condo there now. It'll be a condo or some other business uh, port as there or something. As soon as it dries out, yeah, it'll, they'll, it'll, yep. they'll do something with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So,
0: you know, we look at it. And of <clears> course, we live here. You know, it's at our front door. This is where we're at. The only time people from other parts of the country, unless you live on the shoreline, the coastline, uh, you they're probably not caring too much about conservation. You know, now I'm not going to say that they hate fish or they don't care about the environment, but they look at it through a different lens. It's kind of like us looking at tornado protection.
1: Well, they, right? they, they, I'm sure a lot of people have different views on a variety of topics that all encompass conservation at the point I think that we're trying to make. Right. Yeah. Some and people love trees. Some people love flowers. Some people love turtles. Right. Some people love owls. You know, Right. we happen to be in the fishing industry. So kayakers, I don't know if anybody loves them or not, but uh, my point is that, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't pay attention to those kind of things right. unless it affects what I'm doing. Exactly. And it's not that I, I don't, not that I, I don't care to pay attention to it. It's just, I don't have time to, uh, I mean, you know how it is. It takes us hours and hours and hours to research all this stuff yeah. on top of our daily jobs right? and all the other commitments that we have in order to make this podcast possible, you know? Right. And it's, it's, it does. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. But, you know, finding information and fact-checking information and fact-checking it again and, yeah you know, i mean a lot goes into it
0: it sure does so, so we without
1: it, all of our connections of course you know right yeah mm-hmm. um, well you know our big name sponsor and you know producers and staff writers and that kind of stuff that we don't you know well have. that's what
0: i was going to do is take a minute to give credit to our staff writers and our they do a great job our pages that go out and run down all this information for us and we just sit here and read I yeah i appreciate that you know yeah. yeah thanks a lot guys yeah thank you so you talked about redfish in the Gulf, and it's tragedy. It's a tragedy. It's an I mean, it was fifteen years, uh, ten years, fifteen years. Um, Man, I think it was back in 2010, wasn't it? Removed. Was it that far ago? Mm-hmm. Removed from that spill, and now we're starting to see the effects of it. Um, you know, which is uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely crazy to me. And we, see, I thought they actually
1: got past it. And I thought they it would kind of been cleaned up by now. And so I thought it was kind of it moved past us. This is what I, I thought. But maybe I'll well, I. Well, I think
0: wrong. you know they put that chemical on the water surface that basically coagulated the oil. clumped it all up, and then it sunk. Right. Well, once it all sunk below the surface, where helicopters and planes
1: couldn't see it anymore from the air. Two thousand ten, by the way, wasn't it, it well
0: was The news went away. Right, because they're like, oh, it's all clean. Right, but it, yeah. it wasn't. it sunk to the bottom. So, anyway, another another uh, thing that's in the news uh, this week here in Florida is the Gulf Amberjack. Um, looks like
1: they're making some changes to the uh, Amberjack season. Yeah, don't much much about Amberjack. I mean, I know what Jack Cravel is, obviously. Called a bunch of those a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're crashing the bait. But, uh, yeah, I saw they were doing some changes with that, too. Well, what do you think about that? Uh,
0: Amberjack, the old uh, – Reef donkey. Reef donkey, donkey. Reef donkey. The donkey,
1: donkey. Um uh, <laughs> And I may, uh, I probably am And they've wrong. made changes to sharks, man. They've made changes to the amberjack. They've made changes to cobia. They've made changes to sheephead. So we might have to have a thesaurus for all the, the changes that are fixing yeah. going to go into effect as of July 1, you know.
0: Yeah, you can't. it's getting to where you can't keep up with hardly any of it. I'm but telling you amber, straight up,
1: brother. To me, the amberjack's one of the hardest fighting
0: fish there are. Yeah, they are. And uh, <clears throat> someone had told me one time they fight the way they do because they can regulate their air bladder. For, uh, through the water column, from hmm. from as deep as they are, if they're down eighty foot, you know, I don't know how Aren't deep. Kind of billboard though, man. Yeah, if they're down deep, they can regulate their air bladder so they can continue the fight, as where you
1: know most reef fish can't. You know, their yeah, air bladder pops out. Bumps, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, they, they get they, stuck. They get tongued. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, the so, jag, They're not really good table fare, though, are they?
0: Uh, some people think they're great. Yeah. they really?
1: I, mean, I, I I didn't yeah. know.
0: Uh, you know, it's not bad. I mean, I've had it a few different ways and, you know, it's not bad. Maybe that's a question we can ask Trapper Jeff one time, you know, him being the
1: resident So like the Amberjack, the, Amberjack uh, the new rules, they're going to effect on April 30th they've already gone to effect. Yes. And, uh, so they will have the recreation fishing between August 1st and uh, through July 31st. Uh, the closed season will be from November 1 to April 30th and June 1 through July 31st. Uh, Recreation fishing will be open August through October and in May. Therefore, uh, sounds like they're putting the clamps down on uh, the old Amberjacks, the old Donkey
0: Donkey. Well, if you, you know, and it says it is expected, the change in the calendar uh, for Amberjack. Amberjack is expected to provide an opportunity to harvest this species when other targeted reef fish species are prohibited
1: from harvest. Yeah, Usually, who in hell wants to harvest amberjack at that point? Yeah, I guess there's some people out there that like them. So I'm not saying I do know they fight good. You're right. I mean, yeah. they fight just as um, just as well as any other. I mean, probably any fish that I uh, yeah, and like you can catch. You know, they're not bad But we don't fish offshore. I don't fish offshore anyway. So. Um, but it is something that you got to be aware of, though, folks. Uh, you got if you're out you there and you the, have to load up on an amberjack and you know you try to get him to the house and uh, make sure that you know what you can and can't take home. That's right. You got to the, the man
0: will be waiting on you. That's right. You got to know the rules um, of the road and you got to know the rules of what you can and cannot keep or possess, even for that matter. Um, if you want some more information about the amberjack rule, if that's your thing and and wherever you're at and um, you can contact NOAA Fisheries, the Southeastern Regional Office. Um, FWC. Yeah, Kelly O'Donnell seems to be the person that's running this show there for uh, for NOAA on this. Um, figuring it out. Google them. Do whatever you got to do. Kelly O'Donnell.
1: Kelly she'll help you out. Thank you very much, Kelly O'Donnell. Appreciate you. Get you. Get her done. She'll, she'll get you. She'll get you. Just, Just like the man will get you. That's right. Anyways. Um, what else you got, Donald? We know, as we talked about, some of the other new regulations coming down the pipe. You know, on July 1, we've got the sheep's head limits going to... Uh, it's going to eight per day, so that means all you guys out there that uh, whack the sheep's head. its perfect. Uh, it is going to eight per person. they got to be at least 12 inches, and that's going to be on 7 one 18 July 1st. All
0: right, so yeah. Captain Dunn, I'm a charter boat guy. Tell me how. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, the limit today is 15. Uh, will be eight. Well, I'm upset about that because it's going to affect my charter business. Is it, really? Is it true? No, no, no. All right, we've covered so. that.
1: No, okay.
0: No, I agree. i mean, you know, there's a few guys here in town that will go out and they just, like they
1: like to count them. They, Maybe they bust catch, them. you know, yeah, right. they bust them. So and they post them up and they tell you how many they caught. And folks, let me just say this: while we're sitting here talking about these limits and these regulations, we know folks at certain agencies that govern our regulations and enforce the law here in our area. With that being said, from the powers that be, they have told us firsthand that one of their first places that they do research on and investigative research is on social media. Social media. I.E. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. And so I know we all want to share our big catch, and I know we all want to brag about are the numbers that we are breaking in and i know we all want to uh promote certain things i get it man i truly do it is social media has helped my business um uh, you know it's hard to compete with a lot of those people that you know have a lot more resources than you and but but that being said it is also uh if you're if you're trying to make it easier for the um, those particular a- agencies you're doing a good job that's right <laughs> because uh they're not only having to search every boat anymore or have guys at every boat ramp and right. checking coolers and checking live wells. Now they go on social media. That's right. So don't be surprised if you get going to knock on the door. They're going to come and find I'm you. Not, uh, I'm not, hey, I think the man's got the job to do, and, hey, they, they do a good job, and uh, that's what they're there for, you know. Yeah. And so I'm not knocking those guys whatsoever. But I'm just saying, so you folks that uh, wonder why some of these laws are being changed, uh, go ahead and pat yourself on the back for by the way you know you like to run out there to the jetties and thrumble up the, come back into the ramp and throw them up on the uh skin on skin table there and take your pictures and pose with them and all that good stuff you like to do uh yeah well congratulations buddy you got you got yourself a uh you've single-handedly managed to uh change the limits here in jacksonville appreciate you yeah that's uh <laughs> thanks a lot yeah i mean that's all you can say about it i mean it's. uh that is what it We're is. I'm not saying any names, of course. No, not at all. And, 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 and I'm not saying that they're the ones that you, you see a bunch of them that are doing it, but you know, there's they, some of them that they, do a lot more than others. Yeah, they know who they are. They know there's, who they are, yeah. they wink, wink, nod, nod.
0: There was a photo somewhere of a, a guy that had a red fish, and um, his argument was he was at a boat ramp. He was at a landing. He took a photo of the fish, and he put it back. Uh, FWC didn't see it that way. They said, nope, you are not at a boat ramp. You're at a house. <laughs> and he said, "Nope, I was." You see the dock right here, and, and it was a pretty decent argument. Um, it, in the end of the day, he lost. And oh, you know, I don't know how he lost on that day. Pretty hefty fine. Well, it was his word against theirs. I don't know. What was it? Fish too small. It was too big. Too big. Oh,
1: yeah, it was oh, a yeah. baby, yeah, like fifty-two inch red. So, so it was. Ob- so, it wasn't it? Wasn't that obvious then? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it wasn't like he
0: could say, "Well, my tape measure." If you. You know how you know how our buddies in the kayak fishing world—they can hold the fish at a certain angle and take a no picture comment, of it, man, make I'm it not, look bigger or smaller. Not going there. That's kind of what he was doing. Not trying even, not
1: even having he, that conversation. He wasn't me. a kayak fisherman, though. Did you see that? By the way, did you see the kayak fisherman got caught the fifty-three pound redfish though? Yeah. World record. Uh, I guess the record may, may be on pending the,
0: pending, pending record. Yeah, that's a big fish, that no boy. Hey, I'd like to have that guy on the show. That's if it, he won't come on the
1: show though. He's a kayaker. Well, he might. He may He probably doesn't uh, anyways no That's a good one now I'll tell you what I didn't realize that That was a world record though. You know that uh, or I, I didn't know that was A pending world record You know uh, I see some of them Caught here in our area That seemed like They're pretty darn big Seem uh, like they're that, that big They look like it to me But I mean I guess he caught on What 10 pound line Or something like that Wasn't it Or Yeah it was a What do they call it A line class record I wish I had known Because I called him A monster on 10 pound no, You said I want to call him on the bridge Yeah He wasn't that big But he was a yeah. He was 10 pound 10 pound break 15 pound leader yeah, it's pretty good. was a shot Anyways. Uh, but so, you know, also, so we, we touched on the sheep's head. The mm-hmm. cobia is also being, uh is changing. The change the cobia is going to, it's going to be, it's still got to be a third three inches, of course, but apparently the uh, vessel limit is now going from six to two. And uh, there's only one commercial, one cobia uh, per commercial vehicle, uh, vessel per day in Gulf slash state waters, and that number is going from two to one. So... Once again, kind of piled up in the bottom of the boat, pitchers, all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, man, if it's legal, you, and you're allowed to keep them. Right. I ain't got a problem with it. You know, that's, that's the law. You're not breaking the law. Hey, so, so be it, man. Right. But sometimes we just, all I'm saying, sometimes we just got to be smarter about the things that we do. Not break. I don't mean breaking the law, right. but I mean, you got to be more maybe professional about the manner that we go about doing things. Right. So, Whereas you look like you it may it's maybe being cool and you're you're bragging that you've got eighty five sheep's head piled up in the bottom of your boat. Probably not gonna help your argument when you go say, Hey, that's that's bull crap, man. I can't believe that they're reducing the number of sheep's head from right. fifteen to eight. Well, well well, you know, yeah. wonder why? Wonder There's why. your answer.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> what do you think about this? Captain? I, I um, don't Louisiana. Our buddies uh never been there. And uh, never
1: been there, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, well, I know we got. Some I have been. Let me take it back. I have been to the state. Right. I've never cu- fished. A couple there. sugar bowls. Um, business, you know, but right. I've never actually had the opportunity to go uh, fish there. Want to go this year? I'm supposed to go this year. Yeah. Hopefully that'll all work out with my schedule and yours and so forth and so on. So.
0: Well, we've got buddies there. We've got people that fish there that go there all the time and fish. I, know you, I, I got some connections you got, there. Got some peoples. I got some connections there. All right. Headline: Louisiana policies threaten sport fishing. The majority of the state's teeming marsh waters could be off-limit to anglers. What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, it is says, that an opinion? or
1: that like a news fact or what is that?
0: It says the state motto is Louisiana is a sportsman's paradise. paradise. Mm-hmm. Uh, or should it be Louisiana, the sportsmen are unwelcome. That sure seems to be the message delivered by the state House of Representatives when in mid-April, This year, it voted that landowners who control 80% of the state's productive coastal marsh can tell recreational fishermen to stay away. From the perspective of a coastal sport fishing enthusiast, Louisiana is unique in many respects. On the plus side, there is a mind-boggling vast productive coastal marsh Approximately 3 million acres of it. Some of the best fishing in the world for redfish, sea trout, flounder, largemouth bass, and other game attract anglers from all over.
1: Well, you know what tells me, Ty, and we say this all the time on this show, and it's a fact of unfortunate part of life that we deal with, and that is it tells me, without even reading it, or this is my opinion, of course, like we said earlier, at the, at the behind behind everything, is going to be economics. Right. Economics, or socioeconomics, okay? Yeah. And I'd be willing to bet you that if these landowners have figured out that if they can keep people off of their property. Yeah. Which they can in turn then, just like they do the alligator tags. Right. Over there. Duck tags. Duck tags. All those other. All of it, yeah. yeah. They can lease their property then Land to rights. guides. Right. Certain guides. Yeah. Certain uh, entities that are in that kind of business and probably make a pretty penny. Yeah and then they could probably also, also keep their land protected because, you know, fish, people need to understand this.
0: Now we're back to conservation.
1: You know, we're, we're, we're our own worst uh, enemy. Yeah. yeah we yeah. are. You know, we go out there just like we go bird hunting somewhere. You don't pick your shotgun shells up or duck hunting. You don't pick your shotgun shells up. See, people do it all the time. I think it's a joke. Deer hunting, same way. You go out fishing, you know, you let, let your plastic fly in the water. You throw your Pepsi bottles overboard. You know, you tear up someone's land. People do it all the time. Doesn't matter. Doesn't, they, don't, they don't care because, you know what's not theirs. They don't care. Yeah. But, you know, so what happens is these people get tired of that stuff. Of course they do. And then, you know what, and I'm sure there's probably somebody who's pitched them an idea. You know, you got your redneck over, I shouldn't say the rednecks, but you got your Cajun over there. Good old boy. Good old boy. And somebody poses, man, you got 900 acres of prim, you know, primo uh, fishing area here. Right. Man, will not you get somebody to you know, pass a law that uh, you can uh, lease this out right here, man. You, you, you can lease it out in the Joe Blow Fishing Guide for hundred thousand dollars a year uh the guy doesn't the guy makes sixty thousand bucks a year whatever he does for a living it's a yeah. no-brainer now i don't know if that's the exact reasons but i mean that's sort like the way it's going normally it, it behind mm. the, my line is normally behind all that stuff it's money. uh finances finances all money. right
0: so of the three million acres of marsh of inshore wetlands 80 percent of those are considered private property that's hard to believe isn't it yeah it's crazy um the, the bad part about stuff like this for me is once it starts somewhere, it permeates. Yeah, well you, start, right? you start a precedent. Yeah. yeah. So landowners in the state can legally deny public access to their land as long as they're uh, inshore lands. The state of Louisiana does not require private land to be posted, so it's legally up to the anglers to know whether the often remote marshlands they're fishing is private property. No kidding. The state
1: offers no truly viable means to determine what is or what's not private or public. Well, you know, well, you know like most land is like the Roman doctrine. You know, Roman law. Here, here comes the kicker. Let me, I'm because okay. okay. I want to get to the kickers here. Okay. Tresp- well, you just heard what I
0: said. There's no right. markings. There's none of that.
1: So you don't know if it's public land or not. Right. Trespassing,
0: trespassing in Louisiana is a felony, which, which could and most likely will cost fishing guides their license for a lifetime. Wow. The situation is unique to Louisiana, as it is a the Great Marsh itself for a couple reasons, and then it tells you about wow. navigable servitude, blah blah. Well, because
1: blah. you know, growing up, you know, we always hear it ourselves. You know, public waterways is just that public land; nobody owns the waterways. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty interesting I know that that come from a was it a Roman law I want to say or something back then or something where all land was servitude was served land wild right. waters it was all public I think
0: yeah, I think so well yeah I mean that's why it should be public land it's all it belongs to us yeah you know I mean like here in Florida if you're a Florida resident you have Florida legal ID then you, we have riparian zones uh, you know we have water that we can and cannot fish on that you can or you can and cannot close off to us is what I'm saying because of that. Um, and that's what it says here the land so owners, all the
1: landowner saying is that they used to have property and what it's doing is uh, submerge, it's sinking. submerging yeah. sinking and so therefore they're claiming that their land goes out a lot farther yeah. yeah than it is right but well i the, guarantee there's going to be at the root of all this and we'll have to research this a little more just throwing it out there for you folks by the way but i guarantee you, research is more and there's going to be some dollars behind it oh yeah oh, yeah I guarantee it.
0: well you see the last little statement there that says what they want to protect what they own and pay taxes on even though much of their land is considered title i was going right? to
1: say it's probably title yeah
0: yeah but you know what's going to happen with that so whatever it uh that kind
1: of uh it says if Louisiana followed in navigable servitude, and what I was saying a while ago, right. there wouldn't be much, much of an issue. So, since pretty much wherever a boat can float, it can be legally fished. Right. That's how it is pretty much around the world. Yeah. That I, well, that I know of, you know, around our country, I should say about that.
0: Yeah. Well, it looks like you're, uh, let's see here, among anglers in the state, valuable sport fishing industry, a bill by State Representative Kevin Pearson. Uh, H.B. House Bill 391 would have brought Louisiana in line with most states by declaring that running waters remain the property of the state, whether they flow over public or private water bottoms, and that no person may restrict or prohibit the public navigation of running waters which are navigable by, navigable by a motorboat. So if you live in Louisiana and you know Kevin Pearson, you need to hop on his phone and back him up because it seems like he's yeah, fighting for you.
1: Out, yeah. Yeah, obviously yeah
0: and if, if you don't fight for it you're going to lose it that's yep. what's going to happen here yep. there's
1: no way around it and well like we said earlier you set a precedence and when those precedents get started it's awful hard to undo it and like i said there's normally some dollars at the back of it behind it so y'all well, you really need to follow the money find out who's putting the bill forward find out what group or entity is backing that particular bill or what landowners i should say also and uh you know find out who's um uh, Back in those, and not more likely tell you where the root of the issue is. You know.
0: Yeah, that's good. So I see. Her, so us. let's
1: hope the day comes when the state of state can once again become a uh, sportsman's paradise again. Yeah, let's hope. I'm trying to find. Well, that's crazy. I've never heard. i you said that. That's pretty wild, man. Yeah. So I mean, you know, just
0: looking out for our brothers and sisters. Well, over you know, there. you
1: know, I, I, the only thing that bothers me about some of these things, and uh, I'll, you know, I'll say this. Uh, you know, I was told this past week that you know you and I fish in the Florida Pro Redfish Series well, next yeah. year. That's going away. Yes. It's going to become the Power Pole Redfish Series. And uh, the price of uh, is going up on the entry fees. However, you don't have to fish as many of them. But once again, the championship is going to be in Louisiana, where most of the other IFA, the uh, Elite Series, are all now being fished over there. Right. And I know a lot of guys that don't like that. Yeah uh not, not a big fan of that.
0: Yeah. I think there's some personal personal conflict in
1: some of that. I've, I think there's personal, I mean, there's monetary, There's but, you know, a lot of guys don't like the idea that, you know, as well as I do, uh, if you live over there, it's going to give you a distinct, distinct advantage. Right. Unless you don't have guys fishing in the Florida Pro that live there. Right. So you don't have one two ways, in my opinion. Yeah. You have guys that only fish in Emerald Bend, you know, Big Bend, whatever it is, I should say. West Coast, uh, Florida, you know, up here, Northeast. Right. Um, what's the one over there? Cedar Key or whatever it is, Appalachia, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, wherever our series go to is here. You know, only you guys should be allowed to fish in a tournament over there, period. You not have any, I don't know, do they have a uh, tournament trail over there? Not, not everybody any chance, you know? And Louisiana. Yeah, do they? Uh, yeah, they got the IFA goes through there. I mean, does the Florida Pro have any uh, kind of ties over there?
0: No, that's Florida Pro. So they may have a Louisiana Pro. I think there's some. That's one. That was one of my questions. I don't
1: know all the answers to. I was just you know brought this up. And so I'm not. I'm not. I don't sound stupid. But I know the Florida Pro. That's why it's the Florida Pro. Right. So kind of. I well, I of,
0: think there's some guys over there that's trying to put together some stuff, you know, to put together what they're calling the World Series, R- yeah, Redfish R- R- World Series, yeah. and stuff
1: like that. And have him on to grid, yeah. grid or something. So they're trying, you know, to get their own series so going. I just didn't know if I just didn't know what the Florida Pro was going to be. I know that's was what's called the Florida Pro. Right. If it was moving to like having have a, have a Louis, Louisiana, Louisiana uh, tournament over there also. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was kind of getting at. That
0: would make sense. Yeah. So. Here, here's, um, so the, right in line with what we're talking about, here's a question that we got on some social media and uh, did a little research on it. And um, Does Ty have one finger? No. Should we abolish fishing regulations? That I
1: means that a joke?
0: No. Someone asked.
1: Evidently. Uh, I wouldn't even pay attention to that question. Well,
0: there's a guy <laughs> where I live. Um, he's in one of the local boards that we're on, and he's from Europe or England or wherever, where they did just that. They abolished fishing regulation. He said it's a free and open resource, and anybody. That work out for him? Huh. It's um, it didn't. So um, you know the the guy that asked the question was from Europe. He's from England. And figures, um, figures. Yeah. So I just did a little. i just uh, kidding. <laughs> I mean, whatever. So I guess just, uh, just a quick Google search, right? What would it be like? You know, there's all kinds of stuff out there. Um. What do you think would change if there was no regulation? You know, I know other countries, England is like this guy that asked me, he says <laughs> over in Europe, they tried it, and it decimated the fishing industry because there was no, um, there were no regulations on boats. Well, so well, just, your net see. boats could come in, your
1: trawlers could come in and just... Just go back to the old days, what's what, 1800s maybe, I guess I us say, early 1900s when they would... Go out there and trawl or troll, and they would, you know, back then they'd just, what keep dolphin, they would keep sharks, they would keep everything whales, they, they would keep that. anything, everything until they absolutely. Why do you think some of the towns now up north on the coast up there, like you know, way up, way up yeah, north, up now Massachusetts, now, yeah, used yeah. to be big, thriving, sprawling economic hubs of the area, and yeah. as soon as the fishing, some people don't understand, fishing was one of the things that put our country on the map. You well, know, they brought a lot industry. of jobs to the industry, yeah. yeah. And what they did though, overfishing, they decimated the population of everything they could possibly catch. Yep. And those towns are just sh- uh, shells of themselves now. Yeah. Because they have just they, they they were they're their own like I said, their own worst enemy. Right. Yeah. And that's what's happened yeah. in a lot of places like absolute, up and down both sides of the coast. Absolutely true. That's the truth. I mean, it's yep. a fact. I mean, you know, whether they like it or not, it's a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. And so, do I think we need regulations? Yeah, you got to have some kind of regulations. Now, I'm not for more regulations you know, to a certain extent, but at the same time,
0: you know. I think if you're going to have a new regulation, you should look at all of the old regulation and say, okay, we're going to have a new one. Let's get rid of an old one. You should all go to a vote personally. Well, yeah, but no one ever shows up to vote. Or, the, you know, the people in these meetings, they're like we were talking about Louisiana. I wonder how many well, people well, that time, use time the resources you know, I, saw, show up.
1: I saw on TV that, man, how they had all the uh, commercial fishermen down in, where was it in our state? Clearwater or somewhere in that area, over the snapper and the grouper and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and they had all these people in suits at the city council meeting, and all of these guys got up and they pled their case about how what a certain percentage of the grouper or whatever it was—I can't remember—so just forgive Uh, me—comes from the United States, and it was appalling that they had such tight restraints on the amount of snapper or grouper that our commercial guys could catch. Right. You know, where they can't hardly make a living, but yet our country imports 80% maybe or something crazy of the grouper and never that we eat. Right. Here. I mean, it was insane. Same with, I mean, with tuna or I forget what number it was. It was one of those. And the guys had a very good argument and it went to a vote and they lost like 65 or something. Right. You know, but they turned right around and why economics, mm-hmm. once again, money, money, money. Money. They turned around and gave the recreational people Right. Who are really kind of responsible, and honestly, I'm not going to say all captains, you know, do what they should, and I'm not going to say all the all of them are above the law, above board, and that they're above reproach. I mean, no, they're not. But if they value their livelihood like I do, and I know like you do, yeah, most of them are going to do their best to abide by the law of because course. I don't like paying the man a fine, right? You know, and I, I think what you're talking, you don't want about, a bad reputation. No, and, and what you're
0: saying here is the. Commercial fishermen is what would be hurting the industry more than the charter boat captain, if we can separate those two things.
1: the But at the, the same w- time, the, the commercial guys were the one. When I say commercial, I mean like the guys that provide like, you yeah. know, uh, I don't mean recreational captain, you know, guys. You're not ca- talking about charter boat guys. You're talking no. about the, the guys, that guys, out, guys that
0: go out and catch 20,000 pounds
1: of fish. Yes, put in our stores for us to enjoy right. and to eat. Yeah, right.
0: Those are the guys. They have
1: restricted those guys so much now they can't, it's almost not profitable, pro- profitable for them to, right. A, do it. B, they have closed the days down uh, for them to do it. C, um, but yet but again, our country allows the import of, you know, the vast majority of right. the fish and seafood that we eat from well, other countries. Well, that's a lobbyist. Sure it is, and that's my point. It's right. money, money, money. Money. And so, but yet they turn right around, though, and they open recreational angler days, right. which, which is what? More money. Right. More gas, sure more license, more bait, more and the, boats. And r- the recreational guys aren't going to go out there and make a dent,
0: really. I mean, I don't think so. Well, that was,
1: that was their argument, though. That They said that, you know, their argument was one of the captains, was he, sh- he stood up and he said, you know, you guys opened the uh, red snapper for whatever number of days was last year, 11 or whatever number was or something. And he said, no size limit on them, no nothing. And he said, we would go out and we would ride for an hour, and every 50 yards you'd ride you see dead snappers. And the councilman asked, well, why is that? He said, well, the recreational angler is going out there, doesn't how to properly vent the fish. They weren't keeping the first fish they caught. They were all trying to catch a bigger, better, fatter fish, and they were just simply throwing the 30-inch snapper overboard or the 25-inch snapper overboard, and killing them by the truckloads. And yeah. he said, you know, y'all were about us decimating the uh, population. And so it was, it, you know, the recreational was against the commercial, the charter was against the commercial and recreational. Right. And it was just like a big ball of wax. Yeah,
0: instead of everyone trying to come together, so to speak, uh, the recreational guys like
1: usually At the not end of the day, it's all going to boil down to your lobbyist and money. Right, and that's what bothers me so bad. You know, it's a society we live in, with everything else that we do and see and hear. Uh, it's about money, money, you know, money. money.
0: Well, we've got a we've got a friend of the Backward Hustle Fishing podcast that is a commercial fisherman. They're shrimpers here in the area, and they've been asking about coming on the show, and uh, really? yeah, to discuss shrimp—some shrimp, uh, some scrum- how some, they are, where they, some scrum. how they are, where they are, why they are, you know, what they are. And the uh, shrimp is closed
1: right now, wouldn't it? Uh, is close till June. River shrimps close till June first. I haven't even seen a whole lot of shrimp in the rivers, man. Yeah, I'm they're not seeing them out there, but I just haven't seen them.
0: There's a lot of inter- I learned in in ten minutes. I learned more about shrimp. That's cool. Uh, from from these folks than I probably knew in my whole life about shrimp.
1: Oh, um, so we're gonna have them on. We're, we're
0: we're gonna have them on. Uh, cool. I'm not sure about the the captain of the boat. He's a little gun shy. He's like, yeah, I don't like talking in front of people or getting. I don't want to do call that. Call in but his wife is more than happy to hop on it and go, and she she's the brains that. of the operation anyway. Do I know her? Uh, yeah, you've met Miss Bonnie.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oh, she, her whole family's like a big commercial folks up there. Yeah, and they have been.
0: Her family has one way been associated with in yeah, the, the like a staple up there. In Forever. Yeah, 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 okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool, so that's cool. a,
0: lot of, a lot of good stuff that she can tell us, and hopefully our listeners can get some education about
1: some shrimps. I always tell his brother, that's for sure. It sure does, It's yeah, like we had Noel, Noel Kuhn recently over on uh, another show that I do. And that you do sometimes. Uh, I learned more about surf casting that day, and like he'd be he'd be cool to have on here just because just I don't never yeah, do it. Just get them on, but just like the difference about the water temperatures that they deal with, and yeah, uh, just very very interesting to me. You know, it's uh, kind of hard to keep my attention. Sure. And it definitely kept my attention. Yeah. Well, Anyways, what else you uh, got, buddy? Man, you know, Is that me been how long how long we've been rambling here. About about an hour and 15 and you know folks we apologize um actually i'm not apologizing but you know some of our shows they can't always be fun yucky yucky you know uh, um, shoot from the hip uh, i mean well they're all shoot from the hip but i mean you know you, they have to be serious and these serious talks need to and of course we didn't even scratch the surface we kind of bounced around but they're just some of the topics that we've seen here recently you know come across the wire so to speak and um you know i think there's something that we have to address from time to time and uh, if you want to Email us. You're more than welcome to do, uh, do so. And what's the email address, Ty? I can't remember.
0: The email address is bckwaterhustle at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, if you want to email us, you should just email with a question or give us your thoughts or opinions on that. We'd greatly appreciate it. Or you can check us out on Facebook on the uh, uh, Backwater Hustle Deep Fishing Podcast page. Um, Join the group, Backwater Hustlers. Hustlers. hit us. Uh, do us a favor. You know, Apparently a lot of folks listen to this. Uh, I think that's what's resonated in our area. It's uh, actually spawned some new uh, folks that feel like they need to get into the same kind of uh, media outlet, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, do us a favor. Uh, you know, hey, we'll admit it. We don't have the same connections as some uh, places do, uh, the resources. But if you would, you know, go on and check us out and subscribe to us. We have a lot of people that listen. I get people that tell me almost every day when I'm out and about at a ramp or at a tackle store somewhere how they – Heard the podcast, listen to it, love it. But it doesn't reflect in uh, the subscribe numbers, and so if you would. Well,
0: numbers are climbing. You know, they're they're climbing, and maybe. maybe, um, I think a lot of people join our page is what they do instead of subscribing. Maybe we're expecting more results. Maybe, I don't know. But if you're listening out there and you like it, hit the subscribe button. We appreciate you. On whatever you listen to. Obviously, we'd like to see you, you know, through iTunes, um, you know, or CastBox, either one of those, uh, you know uh get on there hit the subscribe button like it go on facebook go on instagram twitter let us know what you think and uh we appreciate yeah, it yeah,
1: keep in mind you know we try to keep up with all that stuff uh you know i'm responsible for doing some of it so is ty in it uh you know we do have jobs and we uh we do this on our own spare time uh we enjoy doing it well, we like getting to meet people we love people's opinions we love their you know their take on things everybody has a different point of view if you want to be a guest on the show, hey, man, shoot us an email and say, hey, I'd love to come in and discuss this we're, or that with you, within reason, of course. We're good with you. Yeah. But uh, thank you for listening. We appreciate you.
0: This has been the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Out. See ya.
1: Hey, guys, you've been listening to the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Check us out on the web at backwaterhustle.wordpress.com or check us out on Facebook at Backwater Hustle, the fishing podcast. You can reach us at bckwaterhustle at gmo.com hit us up on Instagram at at Hustle. This has been the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Out.
0: use of this podcast is for personal use only. Backwater Hustle, the fishing podcast does not confirm nor deny the lee or accuracy of the information contained within this podcast. Any services or products provided by Backwater Hustle, the fishing podcast, and its contributors should be used solely for entertainment and enjoyment. We emphasize the importance of keeping an open mind and not controlling the data, products, and or topics as factual. Backwater Hustle.